All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith, and I started this podcast because I truly believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, could be personal, that requires you to create change. I think we all want to be heard, seen, and understood, but the people who convince, persuade, or influence us are not just salespeople. I think there are great people throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm going to share their stories here so we can tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately, we'll all become better at selling by being human. All right, gang. So this is someone, again, like, like I've been like looking at for such a long time on LinkedIn, just love this person's content. I just can't use any other word to describe her. And great that we're doing this on International Women's Day is just being a real person, real woman, real entrepreneur. You know what you get when you when you see a post from her on LinkedIn. She is a founder of a company called Excelity. She's uh, grown it from $0 to seven figures with no funding. I love this tagline. She's a, a growing B2B software companies with marketing that actually works. So just, you know, very straight into the point of what she does. Uh, she's also a podcast host. Uh, can you learn all about like, um, you know, just entrepreneur skills and her mi- like mindset, um, that sort of thing. And she interviews amazing people on that. And she's just involved in so many great nonprofits and boards. And, you know, it's a coach to so many and um, just builds an amazing personal brand on LinkedIn. I am so pleased to have none other than Jackie Hermes on the podcast. Welcome, Jackie. You are like the ultimate hype man. That was good. <laughs> I'd like you to walk into every room that I go in before All me right. and well, introduce me. When this is edited, you'll hear the music too. Like I, I feel like we need to like a pow, 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 you yes. know, like to bring you on like the air horn or something. But I love um, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Jackie, like like I said in the beginning, like I just got drawn to you through your content on LinkedIn, like so many, and we'll talk about how I, I believe you've gotten business from you. You even posted about this, I think recently, how the the people that like contact you for business, a lot of times aren't contacting you for the marketing content. You put out great stuff on marketing and entrepreneurship. They're, they're reaching out because they relate to you. Like I said, you're so real, like they relate to your your personal story as a mother and as a foster parent and or some some just personal story you shared and they say oh my gosh like like thank you like for sharing that and like you made me think of this or that and then that turns into a conversation and so i think like we're going to have a great conversation about how that is selling but in, not in the traditional sense and the the you know icky or grimy or you know the difference of people that sell you as a CEO and are just not thoughtful versus just, um, you know, actually thinking about sharing a little bit of yourself and connecting. So, so we're going to talk a lot about that today. And before we get into that, like, you know, and, and, and some of the life skills that I believe are sales skills, uh, Jackie, when I say the term to you, like sell something and sell it by being human, what are the first things that come to mind and, and how would you define that term? Like selling by being human? I mean, selling by being human really is just relating to people on a different level than just solving their pain points. I think a lot of what people are taught in a sales process, you know, like you get a new sales role, you're taught the sales process. To me, that just scratches the surface where you're, oh, addressing pain points, you're overcoming objections, you're trying to close the sale. And it's like, 
blah, blah, blah. Like, yes, I completely agree that a lot of that is necessary. And at the same time, if you can relate to people on a human level and get the why behind the why behind the why. So they might have a pain point, but what's really beneath that? And what's really beneath that, right? And what's it causing like stress at work? What is it causing them to miss time with their family? Like there's so much there's so much that you can dig into and you can go so much deeper and you can really relate to people on a different level than just a very cold sales process. I don't like that. I even I'm working on redoing our sales process for the agency again right now. And I'm always like, oh, I can redo it like 700 times, but am I going to follow this entire thing to a T? No, because it's like, where do I relate to these people? And I'm going to take the conversations where where they need to go in my opinion. Yeah. It, you know, I, I can't agree more because you can have a process like there's a difference between a process and like a, just a general framework you want to follow. And like what you just said, like seeing where the conversation may lead, you're, you're like open to that. Like you're just, you're not like, I have to do this step to this step to this step, like you said, to get to the closer. And, and that might be like a, a hot take like it's not all about solving a person's pain or their problems because like people are like that's always what i was taught in sales like find a need sell to the need find a problem we solve problems in sales yes but um you're also connecting there is like you can't erase the fact that there is a person on the other end you know uh like you said like people and like we all hear the term like people you know, buy, uh, like uh, emotional, like they, they, you know, the, the whole thing about like with a emotional decision, decision-making being there's an emotional thing. And then we justify it logically. Right. We, we yeah. we're interested in your content. There's emotional connections. And then we're like, oh yeah, like she's also super credible. She's grown a business from zero to seven figures and you know, all that she's credible. Let's now buy, but it didn't start first by just your process and like reaching out and talking about marketing stuff. Like there was some emotional connection. What do you think about that? When, when like you've seen some of these connections start from an emotional place and maybe then, then turn into business after mm -hmm. that. I think I just used that quote in LinkedIn content recently. People buy on emotion and then try to support their decision with fact versus, you know, like the people that cold email with ROI statistics and the, it's like, those are important, but you're using them, in my opinion, at the wrong stage. So here's an example. I talked to a prospect two weeks ago, maybe, um, our BDR set the meeting, right? And so it might just be a very like, I don't know, straightforward Loose. transaction, yeah. Yeah. you know, okay. um, but, yeah. but she had been following me for a couple of years on LinkedIn. And so by the time she got to that meeting, she was already partially convinced that she wanted to work with us because she was like, I saw you posted on this topic and I completely agree. And I saw you posted about how, you know, a head of marketing can't do everything by themselves and I'm completely overworked. You know, this company wants me to work while I'm sleeping and it's just not possible and I need help. And so it's like, she's already connected on more of an emotional level and she already in theory agrees with the philosophies that I have in business, right? And so when we have that conversation, she's already like open to working with us and now she needs to support that decision with facts, right? So we, she and I had a few more meetings. We really like talked a lot about the things that we could do to help her. And then she's like, okay, you know, now I need, I need the 
case studies. I need some numbers, some expectations. My boss is going to tell me I need a reference, but it's like, that should be like the end of the sales process. Like, let me cross the T's and dot the I's versus like leading with that stuff. So I definitely, I definitely think it's true. And I think it's how most of our buyers make decisions. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, it, 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 like it's sometimes hard to think that people would literally buy something so like impactful or large even through like just a, like a, a LinkedIn piece of yeah. LinkedIn content or just like, you know, like your, your personal story, you sharing a tattoo or like something mm-hmm. like that. But people do because they want to work with, pe- again, people buy from people. They want to work with real people. And then then like the the credibility stuff can come like that stuff can come. But like. You know, I don't know if this is you, but like I was just thinking of this today, like someone's like, hey, Alex, and this is where I see people get like maybe a little off. People go, hey, Alex, I, th- I saw you liked a piece of content about, um, you know, sales and marketing. Hey, we do an awesome solution uh, that helps like sales reps like get more leads. If Would you be open to a call? And it's like you're, you're all like you're, you're you're thinking that like, you know, like you're connecting the wrong dots, you know, like (laughs) it's like, I, my boss said I need to personalize. So I referenced this post that they liked check personalization done versus like what you really have to do if you're going to personalize is do the deep research, make the references to things that, you know, you can't just open up LinkedIn and see, like I got an email the other day that was like, oh God, the things they were referencing. I was like, I don't think I've written about that in years or like that's buried somewhere on my personal blog. So I know this person dug deep and I was not interested in in the product that they were selling at this time, but I did respond to them and say like, this is a freaking amazing email. And I know that you did your research and you know, I do, I'll, I'll welcome you to follow up with me in six months when I might be thinking about this or something like that. I mean, even just getting a response as a BDR is so freaking hard. So yeah, no, personalization is not like, people do that all the time. I saw you liked Justin Walsh's post. I liked his post too. Can I have your time? And it's like, well, <laughs> no. That's a big ask, you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'd like to uh, commend you, but yeah, no. So, well, let me just start first with like, just like your background, Jackie. I know like you you had this background in marketing, but like sales was relatively new to you. And, and you know, like I'm sure like you never maybe sought out when you like got a degree in marketing and stuff like that. Like, hey, I might be a founder one day. It just... I don't know what was the inflection point where you're like, I need to do this, but like, talk to me about like, where you first, like, and uh, like maybe where you first like saw some of the skills that really define how you sell today. Because I, I know I've heard you on other podcasts talk about like, Hey, in the beginning, I thought sales was very like, you know, process driven or step-by-step. And like, you mm-hmm. know, even in the beginning of your business, you, you were even saying like, we only really like me, you know, sold to people who were referrals. Like, you know, I didn't cold outreach and stuff like that. So um, talk to me a little bit about like, like where you learned some of like your skills and your style, like, um, you know, if there were people around you or even in your personal life, like, you know, where you kind of, you know, hone some of the things that you do today as a, as a CEO. Yeah. Well, so 
I think they came from all over the place. Like, so for example, one of my first jobs was at G and part of my role, I had, it was like a varied role where I was doing some inside sales support and helping them create quotes for like these massive health systems that felt very important. I was doing some marketing support for cardiology that felt important. I also had to do some cold calling. I would lobby to get out of the cold calling for my team and be like, you know, there's so many better ways that I can use my time because I desperately didn't want to do it. Well, I had to cold call doctors in the Northeast, like talk about your first cold calling job. It's about the worst. No, no, I got hung up on. So, so like the thick skin and the ability to recover from getting told no all the time. I think it started at that job. I had another job where I had to call and survey our prospects and it was very much like veiled prospecting, you know, where you're like, oh, I am just calling to give you a brief survey. And then, you know, if you answer the survey, you're going to get stalked by sales for the rest of your life. Um, you know, and so people would hang up on me all the time there too. And I just learned like, man, I really don't like these approaches that it's deceptive or it's pitching right away, or it's not relationship based at all. Um, so, you know, I got some skills from that and I also learned some things that I really didn't want to do. Um, I think, geez, I mean, other skills in selling, the relationship-based piece of it, I think I really got from my personal life. Like I'm always the person that if you and I are meeting for coffee, we will talk about you the whole time because I'll ask you questions the entire time. Um, and and I love doing that because I love learning more about people and then being able to relate to them. And I think that's a sales skill, right? Where you ask a good question, you learn more about them, and then you're using your stories to reinforce you know, that you are alike or you've been through something similar. Um, I think that, and I don't even know, you know, I never knew that was a sales skill until I started using it with prospects and just holding conversations in the same way. Um, anytime any of my girlfriends start dating, they're like, don't grill him, leave him alone. You don't need to ask him like you get five questions. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm not even grilling. I'm just interested. You know, I'm just interested in finding out about him. But you know, like when it's your new girlfriend's best friend, it's like, they're probably like sweating bullets, but <laughs> not the intention. So, yeah. I mean, I think just like the ability to have a really good conversation and having that body language where you're leaning forward and you're making eye contact and you're really interested. And it's like, I want every person that I talk to, to walk away feeling like the conversation that we had was really special. And then I was really invested and I wasn't distracted. And that, you know, I like, sometimes you have conversations with people and you're like, man, I feel like we just get each other. I want every conversation to end like that. And I think if that's your goal, you are going to be golden in sales with a lot of, a lot of work, but having some of those like innate skills is really important. Yeah. I like what you said about, um, just not knowing that they were sales skills. A lot of people I believe have these inside of them. Like we're all built as human beings to like want to connect, want to be part of something, like want to, like like I say in the beginning, I think we all want to be heard, seen, and understood. So like, that's something we can all relate to. Uh, like, so like one of the, like somebody I heard it once, one of the greatest gifts you can give somebody is making someone else feel seen and heard or valued um, and understood. And, and just, you know, holding space for them 
to to get their stories out. And my, it's so funny my, when you say grilling. My my wife says that too. Like you'll introduce me to somebody, you're going to ask them a million questions. Like yeah, but there's a difference of grilling someone, grilling uh, or you know interrogating someone is just like where'd you go to college? Okay, what what like like where do you live? Okay, and then you're not thoughtful. You're just asking random questions just for you know your benefit or just because you're you you have to as opposed to asking thoughtful questions and asking like we were just talking earlier like you know i just i, I knew you're from milwaukee I, I we talked about like my shirt i'm wearing a door county shirt and mm-hmm. we like just shared a like bunch of stories you shared an mm-hmm. awesome story about your mom and you know going up and i shared a story about my friend and now we're kind of like in this like little dance and connection you know like that's not grilling you about Door County, but you know, we're, it's, it's subtle. You're not even thinking about it. You're just kind of like, it makes you think of the story and, and, and then, you know, we can, we can go from there. I don't know what you think about like that kind of concept. Yeah. I think often too, you can set the tone with the level of conversation that you're going to have by going first and doing some of the sharing or being vulnerable. I mean, thank you for saying that. You know, the conversation that we just had, you learned uh, so much about what my family and different things that happen in like 10 minutes, because it's like, you know, you're like, oh, I went to Door County. We do this at my friend's house. And it's like, cool, I go there with my family. And this is what, you know, so I think that I always lead with maybe even oversharing, but not trying to make people uncomfortable, but just like letting them know, like, it's okay. You want to go deep? I'll go as deep as you want to go, even if this is the very first time we've met and we're on like a 20 minute intro sales call. I swear to God, sometimes the things that I hear in those calls, I'm like, Dang, that was a good call. Did we just become best friends? Because I think we did. <laughs> I love it. You're, do you get a lot of people that say to you, Jackie, like, I can't believe I'm telling you this, or like, I don't know if I should be sharing this, or like, this might be a little much. Like, I hope I'm not like freaking you out. And you're I'm like, like hit no, me. Go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bring yep. it. I love it. Um, cool. Well, um, so like, tell me about like, um, I'm, it's, really interesting to me that you would say something like, you know, as a founder and stuff, like you, you were someone that maybe like resisted like selling in the beginning or just like maybe had a fear around it. And like, you know, I even heard you say like, uh, like why you need to be good at sales. You can't just hire someone. And yes, you have a, like a head of sales and you can hire people, but like you care so much apparently, like, especially as a founder, like you, there, there's a reason why you started your company. You have that belief statement. There's a mission. There's a purpose there no one can tell that like yes they can tell that story but not nearly as well as you because it's your baby it's like it's it's part of you like so you know you may think oh i have to learn sales skills to sell it but maybe not like you already have that inside of you if you're asking yourself the right questions like and and that can come out so um curious like tell people like what are like i i mean the the list of things you have to sell has to be a um you know just like a million miles long it's as large. a founder right yeah. um but maybe like how did you go from like being afraid and like maybe getting over that hump to go like and yes you've had courses and stuff like that but how did you where do you think you made like the real biggest leaps in in terms of like you know being comfortable about selling yourself as a founder 
Yeah. You know what? I think I had horrid imposter syndrome, like really bad at the beginning. I told you I was always trying to get out of doing the calling. Like I'll work 10 extra hours a week if I don't have to do the cold. I I don't even know what I was offering at that time. It was a long time ago, but I always tried to get out of that just because I was like, ugh, you know, I don't want to do sales. I didn't go to school for sales. And I didn't recognize that some of the the traits and the skills that I had were sales skills and sales just felt like a grind. And I felt like an imposter got, I mean, starting my company, I was like, great, I'm going to go to these networking events. I was so awkward, so weird. I look back to some of the things that I did and I'm like, oh my God, I would go there all the time and be like, hi, I don't know anyone here. Will you talk to me? And people were probably like, who is this girl um, or yeah. I know or like I'd hide in the bathroom and now when people do that to me I'm like oh you know I just kept showing up and people were like okay you know this girl's all right but I was very very awkward um, I think the turning point in what convinced me that I was actually kind of good at this is I ended up taking HubSpot's boot camps so my agency is a Hus- HubSpot partner we joined in like 18 months into founding the company. So we've been a HubSpot partner for a long time. And they have a cold calling bootcamp and then they have a sales skills bootcamp that goes from like the connect call all the way through the close. Um, and we were in the sales skills bootcamp after I went through cold calling and, you know, like made all the calls and I was like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. You know, I still, t- like if you told me to call, I could do it, but I still wouldn't want to do it. Um, but we went through and we were recording it and they were like, can we use your recording as an example of what it should look like for the next class? And I was like, you what? What do you mean? Like Like my name? (laughs) Yeah. It was like 7 a.m. I was like half in my pajamas. My son walked in in the middle of it and I was like, get out. Um, It was, I mean, it, to me, it felt like a total crapshoot, the whole thing. And they were like, you know, like, these are the things that you're doing really well. And this is the, you know, like what we want to use it as an example. And then I was like, there are so many things where I'm like, yeah, I'm good at this. Sales was never one of them. And after that, I was like, oh, cool. Like, and people reached out to me for years. I saw your video in the sales skills bootcamp. I'd love to connect or they DM'd me. So they used it for a long time. And I think that was like the confidence boost that I needed to understand like, oh, I actually can do this, you know? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. You said like, I knew like I, I had these traits and uh, but I didn't think of them as sales skills, you know, like sometimes we think our traits are like everything about us and mm-hmm. that like, it's almost limiting. Like, it's like, you, it's not like you can't learn new things or grow or use your like qualities, let's say just in a different context, you know, you're probably like, I imagine just by talking to you, like you were a great listener, you were curious, you're asking tons of great questions. You're like, like, you know, you're, you're, you're like, you know, maybe like you're like, you're empathetic. You're, you're really trying to attune yourself to like what someone's situation is like thinking about like, like, like who they are outside of work. And like, so all of those things are like total sales skills. And, 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 you know, you, you mentioned, you know, kind of like, like really feeling comfortable. And I, I can't say this enough, like after reading, you know, Dan Pink's to sell as human, it's just, we're all, whether we like it or not in sales, 
And it's just how you use these, these skills in a different way to really start actually honing in. Because if you're not doing that intentionally, you're just kind of like walking through life, like uh, what is the word term, like um, unconsciously competent or something like, or, or, yep. you know, something like yep. that. Like you're, 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 you're just not actually using these skills that you're really good at, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I think I read To Sell as Human right around the time that I was in that boot camp. And I distinctly nice. remember reading yeah. the book and being like, oh, dang, I've been selling all along, haven't I? Like when I was in corporate, every year they'd give me my three to 5% raise and I would be like, I need more money. Here's the results I had on the business. I'd like to be promoted. I'd like to be considered for this. Time. I'm, I'm sure I was a big old pain in the butt, you know, like and at, looking back, I'm like, hmm. I was selling myself the entire time, you know? And so I think I was doing some of these things, but I just didn't, I didn't connect it until I went through that boot camp and read the book. And it was like, here's all the instances, you know, in which you're selling. And I was like, oh, I do that all the time. People walk in my house. I love this. And I'm like, thank you. I got it here. Oh, you have, you struggle boiling eggs. You should get this egg steamer. Look, here's how you do it. I swear to God, I, there are like certain things in my house that I've sold to everyone I know. And I needed, I should have gotten like a referral link or something for it. But now, now I see I'm always selling something. It's like yeah. gone total 180. <laughs> That's funny. And you now, yeah, you're confident about it. Um, well, talk to me a little bit about your company and kind of um, a little bit about like, you, you know, the idea of like just why you found it. I always like to ask founders, let's like, what were, what was like just the reason why you said this is something that's necessary and like, I'm going to like devote tons of time and really make this a, like a central part of my life. Like what was, was that for you? Yeah, I was running marketing at a B2B software company that was acquired by PE, private equity, like shortly after I started. And I was there for four and a half years. So I was in recruiting. I moved into product. Then I was like a junior product manager on one of their products. I was writing content. Then I moved into marketing. Um, and during, I know it was very doing fast. It, <laughs> it was very, very fast. And it was, I mean, the private equity can sometimes be good and sometimes be bad, right? Like sometimes there's the upside investors that come in and really help improve all the processes. Sometimes the investors come in and completely gut the team. And they did that at this company, but that gave me the opportunity to, I told you every year I was like, I'd like a new job. I'd like more money. You know, what new challenge can I take on? And I was able to move into marketing there. Um, this private equity company knew we needed marketing, but I don't think think they focused on it like they should have. We had nearly a hundred salespeople, $80 million company, and we had and we had three marketers. And it was like, uh I, I felt like I was always I had a good relationship with the sales leadership. They sent me to Vegas with this large group of sales guys that were like out all night. And I was like standing at the tables with them. I don't even gamble, selling them on all the things I wanted to do. We were implementing marketing automation at the time. And I was like, it can do this. It can do this. Can I get your buy in on this? You know, like all of the things that I wanted to do. And while they were bought in on it, there just was never enough resources and never enough focus on marketing to do the things that I wanted to do. And I was like, there's got to be, 
You know, there've got to be companies that would be really appreciative of this kind of work. And I just kind of started having conversations locally with, I mean, my first client came from my friend, my friend's sister was working at this tech startup and they were like, oh, we don't have marketing. Like, oh, do you want to take a meeting? Sure, absolutely. And they're like, cool, we have none of these systems. Can we pay you to put all of this in place? And I was like, yes, absolutely. So I got a couple of clients. And at the time, I was running a cookie company. I was doing consulting on the side. I was working full time and I had a baby. And it was like, you know, something's got to give here. And I was like, I'm quitting my job. I'm done with this. And then um, shortly thereafter, my main client took the work that I was doing in house. And that was very scary, but that's a different oh part gosh. of the story. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Cause that, I was thinking to myself, like, do people, you know, kind of what, at what point then they go, okay, like we should be doing this all with our own employees. It's cheaper. It's whatever. And, you know, like, but you, you have probably a very specific kind of, you know, I, I, ideal client profile that you work with and, and that sort of thing. So you probably get better at that, but, um, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, so, so like, like what are, like, what are maybe, I mean, is if there's like a top three things that, you know, as a founder now, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's changed over the years, but like, what are like some of the situations that you find yourself like needing to rely like heavily on your sales ability as a founder in what you're doing today? Like, I know, you know, you have a sales team and they're bringing you leads and having those conversations, but like now that you're in the role that you are. And what does that look like uh, mm -hmm. today? So actually, um, my head of sales left the company a little while ago now. Um, I did not replace him. So Ooh, I am running sales yeah. again. Uh, you know, I think... I backed out of sales really quickly, and now I want to take my time to really ensure all of the right people are in place. We have a BDR on the team, but outside of that, I am really wearing the sales hat right now. Okay. Um, so it's a large part of my job. Um, and then whenever clients are unhappy, about anything that happens, I think sales skills really come in there. Yeah. I think a lot of times when there's a complaint, it's like, ugh. Well, I didn't like working with them anyway, you know, and it's like, what? And that, that's when all of the, the complaints from the team come out or, well, they were difficult and, and finger pointing and blaming them for whatever it may be. And it's like, well, you know, I think all you have to do at that point is go and resell them. And there's yeah, no yeah. situation in which we should just be like, all right, well, you're unhappy. So let's part ways. Like once you start going to actually save those accounts and making sure that you're dedicated to, because often it's just like simple miscommunication or whatever it may be. So I think I'm really using my skills there and just making sure that I have a really solid relationship with our decision makers. So that's one of my main roles now, like closing the sales and really keeping that relationship and making sure that, you know, I'm in touch with all of our clients. I mean, half of them text me there. We've got multiple Celtics fans as clients and I'm a Bucks fan. And so, you know, okay. there's, right. there's you lots of, yeah. there's lots of trash talking. I'm like, when did I become this person that trash talks about sports? Here I am. 
here I am. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think I use it all the time. And also when it comes to our team, I think we're constantly reselling them on why they want to be with us and why they need to stay with us. Um, we have, uh, like 15 or so people on our team and a lot of them have been here for my leadership team has been with us for seven, eight years. Um, I have, you know, like senior designers, senior writers that have been with us for five years, three years. So it's like, we're really trying to keep people on the team for the long haul. And in order to do that, you have to keep them engaged and interested and you have to work with them right through the ups and downs constantly. I feel like I'm always selling, selling and reselling everyone on everything. I mean, the vision of the company, why they why they believe, um, what we're going to do in the future to, and, and also, um, with our clients, you know, like we're working with B2B software companies. We might not be, we might not be changing the world on the surface level. However, when you look at some of the things that we do, like we have one client that sells to physicians and it helps them save time in physician documentation. And by selling that product, the physicians are able to save their time. They're less exhausted. They're giving patients better care. They're able to see patients faster. Like it's, this is what I'm saying. The why beneath the why beneath the why. Now those are missions that we can get bought into on the surface level, selling software. Well, you know, like, I don't know if marketing software is super exciting to everyone. It's always exciting to me. Um, but when you get down to that, like that deeper why, I yeah. think you could get anyone bought into that. Yeah, that's that's a great point. Like, I think one of the like best quotes, my favorite quotes in To Sell as Humanist at the end, it's like, you're not, like, to serve someone isn't, like, depriving them of resources. It's trying to, like, like improve their life, like, make that person's better, that, that like, person's life better, and also maybe the world better in the end. Like, if you're motivated about, you know, improving that person's life in front of you, but like you're, you're, you're like, you're taking a, like a kind of a very long, like view approach of, of the, the relationships. You're like, if I can do all these things, then they could lead to these things, which lead to these things, which lead to these things, which, you know, for me, if I can like, like even be a small fraction of like the influence of helping patients get better care and maybe potentially saving lives, like that's awesome. Like I'm motivated. Yes. I want to make money and you know, improve my employees' lives and stuff. But like, if you're motivated, truly motivated by that, and like other people, like it's not a bad thing to be motivated by money. You know, we can not have that all. debate, you know, but like, if you're also motivated by like a stronger why and mission and things like that, and you're thinking about that, like what your, your actions, like of what you do, I imagine like, that's why you text, you know, trash talk. Like, is that sales? Well, like you're, you're, you're trying to resell them on like Jackie is a, 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 you know, just a decent hang to, you know, like work with, like, and I want to like, she's smart as heck. And I'm, but uh, she also like, like I, I can, I feel comfortable like being myself around her. And then hopefully like that person tells you more things than they would have if you were just like, Oh, like Jackie's only good for marketing software. So I'll go to her whenever I need something. But but like they might proactively go to you and be like, hey, Jackie, by the way, they might bring this in house or hey, Jackie, by the way, like, you know, so and so is doing this. And like that might be an opportunity for you to like sell more, like whatever, like, do, like yep. I, does that happen to you? Like you know, all the like, time. Yeah. Okay. And you have to have those relationships to hear about 
any feedback before it becomes like the final feedback, you know, like uh, mm. we're terminating the contract kind yeah. of feedback. When you have yeah. a really deep relationship with people and you talk to them all the time, you can get any feedback along the line like, oh, hey, you know, this isn't a huge deal, but I just want to let you know that you know, this is happening or this is happening. And it's like, I really appreciate you letting me know, know that. And now I get to go and fix the problem before it becomes a big issue. Like it's, I talk to my kids about this all the time too. Like I want to hear about things before they become a fire drill or a big issue. So if we talk about it along the way, then we can fix it. And it's the same thing with the clients. And if you just have a very transactional vendor client relationship with them, you're never going to hear about it. You're going to be hearing from legal, like (laughs) contract done. (laughs) Goodbye. You know? And I I just feel like the way you approach things, it's like, if you like, if someone like, if you feel or sense something, someone's saying something to you. um, And, and there's just like that open lines of, I I like where you say that, like you want the feedback before it comes to final feedback. um, Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how you approach it. You know? Yeah, Um, for sure. Yeah. Well, last thing before I like, Kind of, I, cause we could talk a lot, a lot, Jackie. And I know like you're, you're, you're I got to get you to your steak dinner. Like, yeah. so for a happy birthday to Jackie, Jackie's going out with her mom to, to go to, you know, a nice steak dinner in Milwaukee. Can't, can't but before wait. we do that, um, <laughs> like to kind of go like to that is like, I just, you know, uh, I have to ask you about like just being real and, and selling on LinkedIn. Cause like you're uh, selling through your content. I don't know that you are thought like maybe you're thoughtful about your approach to it or you're just kind of sharing your person you are you do have a strategy and you uh, you write about this and you like coach people i've heard you on podcasts about this but talk to me about like you know for people that are just like i don't get it why are pretty like i i hear it all the time alex like you're like my wife does not post on linkedin she's like i have to hear it from my boss like there are you he is again into your feed i'm like okay like he doesn't have to follow me i'm not writing for your 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 boss who's in architecture, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, I'm writing about sales and, you know, learning and development because that's my people. But like, but I also share my personal story. So like, that's part of my like strategy. I'm like, hey, I'm going to share this about President's Club or share this interesting thing about a vacation that I noticed and maybe connected to business. But, you know, uh, a- any advice that you have for people and and what is kind of like the way that you look at, you know, putting content on LinkedIn to connect and sell? people Mm -hmm. through content. Man, people really do not get the like personal story sharing and the vulnerability piece. Like there, I, oh my God, I could give you so many examples. I had coffee with someone the other day who he's like, I'm from a different generation from you, but you know, some people probably think what you put on LinkedIn is weak, but I think it's strong. And I was like, thank you. Well, and you know what? I do think that some people think like, oh, oversharing or, oh, if you're strong, you keep it to yourself. And I think the opposite, you know, like I think that if you're strong, you share and you share your takeaways and you can help others along the way. And so, yes, I definitely do have a strategy, but I like to make it look as organic as humanly possible. So if I'm posting four to five times a week, I'm usually going at least 25% marketing a quarter talking about entrepreneurship, journey, challenges, and then the rest of it is more just like lessons, mindset, inspiration. And I am not, 
I don't want to just talk about marketing for B2B software companies all the time. One, because I have a course, I have a podcast that I want them to listen to. I want it to relate to all of that. And also I have other ideas, right? Like I hope to launch a software company someday, or maybe we will diversify our services. And I can't do all of that if I'm just building an audience of only B2B software marketers. Um, so that's part of the strategy. The other part is every quarter we pick an industry and we build our top prospect lists that um, we want to sell to in that industry. So right now we're working on a campaign in health tech. We have, I think like 60 or 70 prospects that we identified everyone that we want to work with. We deeply researched the companies and we're really excited about getting in front of any of them. And so we're going and talking to them on LinkedIn, interacting with their content, adding them to my network. And so they are not being attracted necessarily by marketing content. That happens sometimes because I am putting out about a quarter marketing content, but they're seeing the whole breadth of content that I'm putting out and saying like, oh, I have those struggles in growing a company. I also have imposter syndrome. Oh, I hate public speaking too. Oh, I agree with that marketing philosophy. It's like, it's just like what we were saying about the sales process. You can't just say pain point solution, pain point solution, but you can relate on lots of different levels and it makes the sale a lot easier. Essentially, I'm trying to take that process and put it on LinkedIn. So it's a little bit more manual. You know, it's a little bit more legwork because I am doing that research with the help of my sales team on the back end. And we're kind of like from all sides, making sure that they see our content. And that's the goal. I don't know. That's the summary. <laughs> I, I would I would I love that you like how you put it. And I would just say, like, I, I, I see something and I'm like, she's like using something like in her personal life, like her, like a tattoo on your arm and like like outdo yourself or, and like you, you, you write takeaways on something that is in your personal life. So people can relate to that and go, I, th- I felt that too. Or I've, that's so great. That's so awesome. She did that. I did something similar, like, and you, in the comments, you see people like, like having those conversations, like, this is so on like Jackie, you're making me think of, or you may like, this is very similar to this link of, or you should read this article. And so people are now like, like having a conversation with you, right? So mm-hmm. that, that's the real goal. Um, Jackie, I know I, I got to get you out for this for this dinner. Before I let you go, I want to ask like just this something like that stumps some people, but I think you'll run with it. And it's just like something unique about you, Jackie. So ask good questions, hopefully get good answers. So the question I ask all my guests at the end, um, Jackie, if I ask your like, clo- like maybe your 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 closest friends, your your kids, your people that your family, just if if there's something that's just like something that is like just something you could only do or would only do or that's just so totally you something that only Jackie would do what would what would they tell me about you that's just like so totally you hmm something that only Jackie would do well i would say I have just really big hopes and dreams and really big like aspirations for everything. And it really, the way that it like translates itself into my daily life, I think is very interesting. Like the way that I manage time, I'm like, I'm going to do these four things. And my husband's like, it takes longer than that. It's not true. And it's like, I always, 
I don't always make it work, but I always try to make it work. I think I look at time very differently than other people and what you can accomplish and how you approach the way that you get things done. Like, you know, I can be a good mom and I can run the business and I can be the person that's keeping in touch with all my friends because I have set all of this up in a way that it works for me. So I think most of my friends are like, I don't understand how you function and how you how you do all of those Only things. Only Jackie would be able to do all these things and all these roles and make it work. And well, and like, like in oh, a mental hospital. Yeah. Only Jackie's crazy enough to try it, I think is, <laughs> okay. is the, probably what they would say, but the theme. okay. I don't know. Well, I love it. I, I think you're just, I can, we learn a ton, a ton in just like less than an hour from you and, you know, on LinkedIn. So, I mean, Jackie, where could people, where do you want people to go to you know, stay connected with you and, and follow what you do? Yeah, hit me on LinkedIn. I'm in the DMs there all the time. Um, I try to clear them out like two or three. It's one of my systems. Uh, I have so many. I can imagine so how many, many you have. Systems. Are you like a hundreds of like, and it's not a great like tool that they have to, to keep track of the DMs. So, I mean. Yeah, you know, I'm like, I try to practice inbox zero. So I try to get back to wow. people in a, in a timely manner. But yeah, so hit me up there. If you have questions, you want to chat about anything. Um, otherwise, my website's JackieHermis.com and you can find the podcast and the blog and all of my content is basically just like a look into my brain and all of the things <laughs> I think about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it. Like it's, uh, I'll jump into that brain anytime. So Jackie, uh, you've been a, such a joy to talk to. I'm so glad we got to make this happen. Thank you so yes, much. Yes, me too. Hey gang. All right. Wow. You made it to the end. I know your time is valuable. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly to tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right. See you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human.